Hello and welcome to our ongoing series of discussions on the intricacies of the automotive industry. Extremely fortunate today to catch up with Kristen Kolodge. She is the Executive Director of Driver Interaction and Human Machine Interface. Kristen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Really a pleasure to be here. So, Kristen, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the, the automated mobility shift and attitudes that might be taking place. I know there's been a little bit of a gap of expectations and, and reality, and, and it's been interesting to see how consumers look at this. But in the era of COVID, in the era of coronavirus, tell me a little bit if, you know, how you have seen consumer attitudes uh, evolve as we sort of come into this crisis. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't I, you know, just set the stage on where this consumer reaction and interest level is for automated vehicles, and then we can absolutely talk about how it's going to be shifting as we are in this COVID-19 situation and certainly post-COVID-19. So just, again, to set the stage from a consumer perception, at this point in time, there's a high degree of skepticism with automated vehicles. Uh, consumers have been very lackluster in their level of interest and comfort level and trust with automated vehicles. And this has been consistent over time. So we've been studying um, consumer reaction towards these automated vehicles for quite a period of time. Over the course of the last year, we've actually been studying their reaction on a quarterly basis. And for the last four quarters, the reaction has been really stagnant and actually this last quarter started to decline. And so that was even, you know, just before what I would call the, the COVID-19 outbreak or before it really started to get strong. So seeing this level of low interest, that certainly starts to set up this gap for the level of investment that manufacturers are putting into this technology where they see the benefits versus what the consumer reaction is. So as we transition into this COVID situation, and post-COVID, it starts to set up what's going to be really new consumer requirements coming out of it and new worries, new concerns, um, and really just changing the mobility landscape overall. So when we think about um, taking a shared ride or, or riding in a public transit, so if that was in an automated context, I now have the concern about the automated vehicle, right? first and foremost for the consumer. But now I also have a, the concern as the consumer for, you know, how much distance I have between me and, and another person that I don't know in this shared ride, right? So I'm thinking about that type of social distancing. I'm thinking about how clean is this vehicle that I'm in and those types of worries and concerns. And it's really going to be a higher level of, you know, how do I how do I know that that surface is clean? So thinking about those types of worries. Um, on the other side, thinking about this post-COVID situation, we now can see where a self-driving mobility option actually might be coming into a very optimal time period and, and where consumers are going to actually see um, where it can have benefits in their life. So that particular option is where the self-driving vehicle essentially um, delivers goods and services. So think about, um, you know, this self-driving vehicle, no human inside that delivers your groceries, that delivers your pharmaceuticals. Um, and so you, now you have this contactless type of system and you can imagine with the situation that we're in right now, how you can see the value 
in that type of service. And so there are, are companies out there right now that are performing that type of capability. Um, one in particular, a company called Neuro, just received approval by the National Highway Traffic Safety and Administration. So NHTSA just approved them to go on public roads to be able to have low levels of deployment and test that out. So that is certainly, again, coming at a time where consumers can start to see the value and where that might actually fit into their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But the bright spot in your analysis is that the, the, the whole delivery service aspect of it, there does appear to be demand and interest that is commercially viable even, it sounds like. Is that correct? Absolutely. And so that's where I think it's important for us to start talking about, you know, the concept of automated vehicles as a whole. And then there's a you know, we can take that down into the level of specific applications. And so we're seeing some of these specific applications having more um applicability to the consumers, you know, what fits their lifestyle, what's going to fit this new normal post-COVID-19, and then where are the, you know, the other mobility models that might not be a fit at this point in time, right? They might be transitioning and and, it may need to be pushed further out into the future until consumers gain more trust, see more relevance, um, see that level of, you know, get those key questions that they have answered. Interesting. All right. So then that puts the onus back on the the OEMs or the manufacturers or really the industry as a whole. What what impact are these observations that you've been monitoring and publishing? What impact is that having on the strategic planning process? Is it uh, business as usual or do you see people reacting and understanding this voice of the customer perspective? Well, there are you know, a couple facets to that type of question. I mean, first and foremost, you know, the type of research that we're doing just continues to highlight the importance of making sure that we really understand who we are developing this product for. Um, So making sure that we're integrating that voice of the customer into this product development process. You know, look at these the concerns, look what consumers are seeing as benefits, you know, versus what we as an industry are seeing as benefits, understand those gaps and continue to to bridge that. But, um, you know, the other facet is in the situation we're in today, right? Economy shut down, you know, concerns about contamination, um, you know, level of contagiousness, COVID-19, where do we go forward? You know, much of this strategic planning process going forward is going to be very much focusing on the basics for manufacturing, right? Getting our products back up and running, right? Those bread and butter products that we have today, we want to get the cash flow moving again. And so for these traditional manufacturers that are, you know, have that type of, um, you know, manufacturing product, they, you know, that's going to be their top priority and their priority for a period of time. And as such, that is most likely going to push out their farther term, you know, research development, especially in this automated vehicle realm, out down the road until they can get back, you know, right-sized to the economy for, you know, from that point of view. On the other side, when you think of companies like Neuro, like um, Zoops, like Waymo, that are solely focused on this automated vehicle development. I mean, that is their core product. At this point in time, they've got a bit of a different lens and their lens has the opportunity to look at these new mobility models and understand post COVID-19 
2018, again, see that which of these automated mobility models really are going to be the um, initial launching point for consumer acceptance and be able to accelerate their research and development again, trying to hit that sweet spot of these new user needs that have come about because of this situation. Interesting. So constrained budgets, really we prioritize R&D initiatives uh, and, and people are going com coming home to, uh, to roost, right, to where their, where their actual markets lie. Uh, but either case, um, voice of the customer really is driving the strategic imperatives. Am I correct? Is that a, is that a, uh, an accurate statement? Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, really the, the one key takeaway that I'd, I'd like out of this type of conversation is just really looking at that critical importance of understanding that voice of the customer. And they've got um, such a critical role to play because if they don't accept this type of product, it certainly is going to, you know, um, impact that initial launch plan. We really want this consumer base to be ready, waiting for that product when it comes to market and not have this level of skepticism, trust issues, right? I think we have an opportunity to be successful um, overcoming those barriers. Interesting. So hence the, the interest and, uh, and, uh, and uh, enthusiasm in the industry. Um, of course, all of this is contingent upon adoption. And it's still, so going back to that issue, uh, you know, I think you, you've said multiple times, uh, raise the issue of trust. Um, how has that specific issue, that specific variable trust evolved over the last few years? Well, um, so trust is, you know, what I would consider a top issue of consumers at this point in time. Um, but trust is very malleable, and I actually view trust on a pendulum. Let's take adaptive cruise control as our, our initial, for instance. So consumers, you know, we see are very reluctant to let the vehicle maintain that level of gap control. You know, what's gonna happen when a vehicle cuts in in front of them. This overall um, experience of just really learning the system is where we see kind of trust um, swinging back and forth to I don't trust it, I do trust it. And then on the right-hand side is that pendulum swings, there's actually a risk of over-trust where the consumers think that the system can do more than it actually can do. And so this type of pendulum is going to be really critical for us as we go towards higher levels of automation, um, as we increase the capability of what that vehicle can do and really start removing that driver from being responsible for the task of driving, um, recognizing that we are appropriately setting the expectations for the consumer so they're not getting into that very risky situation of an overtrust condition because we know that this ecosystem of trust is going to be extremely fragile. So, you know, taking this back to another for instance, and certainly where there's a bright spot of hope of how quickly that this trust pendulum can change. Um, we, we at J.D. Power worked with the University of Michigan and uh, their M-City initiative on a driverless shuttle that was deployed on the University of Michigan's campus. So this for shuttle, which essentially meant it could drive itself on a very specific 
pathway um, on campus. And so we, we researched the consumer acceptance of this driverless shuttle being able to ride on this. So just like a small, smaller size public bus on campus. And we saw very much this transition, this pendulum where um, consumers that hadn't had experience with an automated vehicle previously, we could hear their level of concern, angst, worry, you know, even disbelief that they were even going to, to get onto this driverless shuttle and try it. We watched their experience on the shuttle and took their experience post-shuttle to be able to see how quickly they, in that instance, um, recognized that it really wasn't a big deal. And, you know, by the time they got off, they're like, oh, I can absolutely see myself using this as a transportation option again on campus. So very much this level of, you know, proving to themselves that this technology can fit into their lives. Outstanding. Kristen, thank you so much. What a wonderful review of the issues and considerations, the challenges and opportunities that we are going to be facing as we come out of the crisis and continue the conversation about automated vehicles going forward. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the great conversation.